0: Hi, I'm Leola. I'm a sacred intimacy mentor and muse, and the host of this podcast. Talk Tantra to Me introduces a playful perspective on sacred sexuality. My intention in this podcast is to integrate intimacy and spirituality, empowering you to reclaim your eroticism. It is my mission to inspire you to let go of shame, fear, and limiting beliefs to be present as your highest self in every moment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, let's talk Tantra. Hello, lovers. I am so blessed and honored to be in a position to share, you know, tools and tips and tricks that have the potential to heal and to bring you to a place of full sexual embodiment. And one of the tools that I absolutely love and have been using for the better part of a decade are crystal Yoni products, including pleasure wands and Yoni eggs. And I I was so excited to recently come across a brand called Wands, W-A-A-N-D-S. I met the founder here in Austin, and I absolutely loved who she was. I love getting to know the people behind the products that I like to use. And I just loved her mission to really support women and men to explore, celebrate, and honor their sexuality. I felt this transmission of slow, sensual seduction in all of who she was and all that she brought to the world. So I went ahead and gave it a try. I purchased a blue quartz emerito wand. And the Emerito wand is great because it has this like a cool bulby end on it, which is designed for G-spot and cervical stimulation, but can also be used for prostate stimulation. So it's great for men and women and can even be used between partners. So I I'm so honored to have built this relationship with her and to be able to offer you guys an amazing discount code. So if you use the code LEOLA, L-E-O-L-A, that will give you 15% off all products. And the website is wands.com w a a n d s.com and we'll go ahead and link that in the show notes as well for you so thank you so much for listening and also you're welcome for the inevitable pleasure and healing and ecstasy that is coming your way with these products let's dive into the episode Welcome to Talk Tantra To Me. It is such an honor to be holding space for this divine knowledge to make its way into your ears and lifestyle. Today, I talk Tantra with Katie Bird. She is a Shabari artist and healer, and I am so appreciative to her and her content and so appreciative that she's here on the podcast to offer her perspective of living an expansive life. So thank you for being here. Why don't you start by telling us a bit about your journey with becoming a Shibari artist and healer? Uh, How did you discover this passion and purpose? Thank you so much for having me
1: here, Liola. I'm excited to speak about all of this and to be a part of your podcast. Uh, For me, Shibari really just found me. It's something that I actually, to be quite honest, was really resistant to. I'd seen it and I was like, "Oof, I don't know, that feels really edgy, really hypersexual, really violent. I'm not into it." Um, and then it just so happened when I was living in Thailand that I stumbled into a workshop. And honestly, the first thing that really grabbed my attention was the ropes because I have a very vast rope background with living in the outdoors, with rock climbing, canyoneering, rappelling. Wow. I just had the ropes in my hands in many different ways for years.
0: Wow.
1: And getting the ropes in my hands and really exploring with someone New in a in a container of which the connection was important, not so much like the sexual component really made it easy for me to digest at that time because I was in a very vulnerable place emotionally and physically with relational dynamics, especially to men at that point. And what I experienced was so profound in both the role of the person tying and the person receiving the ropes, and the knowledge that came through on both sides in just that one class was was extraordinary. And when I had the ropes in my hands, I felt my power. And I also felt like my strengths, but also like my desires that were kind of like in the shadow that I hadn't quite illuminated around, like having power, wanting to play with pain, wanting to like push someone to edges and then feeling also vulnerable and insecure about those desires. Uh-huh. And then on the flip side, receiving the ropes, I also just started to feel and experience kind of all of those Really fragile parts of my feminine that were quite wounded and where she didn't feel safe and she didn't feel um, like she was able to vocalize her needs, wants and desires. And also when she did feel safe and when she felt nurtured and what happened when I felt those sensations, what happened in my body and my being. So after the first class of which I had like a very short experience with my partner and I wasn't able to speak for several hours, I was floating so high. I was like, well, I think I need to look into this a little bit deeper and see what's behind all of this.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. And there are so many things that I want to double click on. And I love having these conversations because we met through a friend who also does shabari and we've met like once in person, but didn't really have time to to dive in. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm learning all these new things already about you. Yeah. It's really precious. Um, but I would love for you to clarify for listeners who don't know what, what is shabari? Like, what does that mean? Sure. Shibari
1: is the Japanese art of tying the body in ropes. The word shibari itself means to tie and different from bondage where bondage is you tie for a goal. So you tie like the ankles to the bedposts and the the wrists of the bedposts because you intend to have sex in a certain way. Very goal oriented. Whereas shibari, it's about the process. It's about the Mm -hmm. whole entire story and creating an emotional experience throughout. And there is no end goal. Now, for sure, like when you're playing with, say, suspension, where you're tying the body up and pulling it into the air, there's a little bit more of a goal in mind. And you have to be, have more caution in those places. But the idea being that it's about the whole emotional journey.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's, it's the Tantric bondage. It's about the journey. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) It's so cool. So cool. Okay. So yeah. um, You're in Yosemite right now, which is rad. If you're, if you're tuning in and watching the video, there's this gorgeous like landscape Mm. behind uh, Katie. And why are you there? Like what's the intention there?
1: So for me, nature is my soul. And so, getting outside and playing is like in the background of my life. And Yosemite is a place I've been seven times, and I usually, often come here to climb. And so, being back here in the magical granite towers and domes here just ignites my soul. And so, of course, while I'm here, I fully intend to do some shibari and just kind of playing with that more risky component of the ropes and ex- like playing with crazy locations in nature and building. Mixing my worlds of rock climbing into shibari and mixing my knowledge bases together has been such a fun little treat.
0: That sounds so fun. It's interesting. I hear like there's so many different ways that people like find themselves in Shabari, but I love that you have. I've never heard anyone say like the, that there was a familiarity with the ropes because of your like outdoor adventures with rope. And I just mm-hmm. think that that's so, so fascinating. And I'm so curious to hear what comes out of the tying uh, while you're there. One thing that I really love about your work is the connection to nature and you take. I don't know if it's you taking them or what the deal is, but the imagery on your Instagram is like stunning. The visuals, Mm -hmm. the videos, the photos, um, Katie, yeah, it's, I mean, I I can let you explain more, but I just want to honor the Mm -hmm. beauty that you've created and the sacredness and the art, um, Mm -hmm. out of this, this work. So yeah, could you tell us more about that side of things?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, the word that comes to mind when you share all that is elements. And I think about the contrast between my outdoor play and my indoor play. And either way, there's elements. So when I'm in the indoor play, creating a scene that maybe is more protected with walls where there's more comfort and safety. You don't have to worry about bugs or wind or cold or hot and things like this. Then I play with elements as well. I bring the elements of touch into that, whether it's through... Um, the style of which I'm touching the body. You know, if I'm touching with fire, of course I could use like candle wax and heat, but I also like play with like a fiery sort of touch in my hands and like grabbing, Mm -hmm. pulling, squeezing. And then also how I play with the ropes. And then, you know, going into the outdoor world, I love playing with elements as well. So like suspending over water and lowering someone into the water and letting the water like pull their hair into the river and sprinkling little water drops on them, or just um suspending someone from a vine and letting the wind and like the the pull of the vine just like rock them let nature hold them um because there's a lot of messages in nature that i can't convey with my body with my touch but mother nature herself can do much more than i can with with the breeze and crinkle of leaves and the soil it's quite profound so i really do believe in the power of nature and being in alignment with the quiet space And the birds and the sanctuary that is around us. And it's just really beautiful to be able to drop so fully into the somatic, into the body, because that's what the ropes do for most people and me when I'm tying, is just allow them to go right into their body and also just have the external world really take them within them into themselves.
0: Yeah, what a great allyship. Like, you don't, like, as you mentioned, when people think of Shabari, the first thing that they think about is being in, like, a dungeon maybe, or like some (laughs) kind of like, you know, or bedroom. I don't know, but to to bring it outside, like that's so like the dichotomy, but also the allyship. It's, it's really gorgeous. And I, there's one image that I feel like is just so stuck in my mind from your work and it's of a woman tied and she's kind of like laying in like a a body of moving water. Like I think it's like a, a Creek or like the shallow part of a river or something. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. I don't know if you know what I'm speaking to, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh my God, like, first of all, that's so like, that turns me on and like, and not it necessarily in the most sexual way, but in like, I feel the aliveness in that imagery so somatically in my own, but it's also like exciting and new. Like I've, I've been tied many times, but I've never been tied and been put in water and been mm-hmm. like, like the element of water is one that we are encouraged to surrender to so much, you know, like water isn't something that you can just like grab onto like the earth. It's like, it's, it's flowing through your hand and they to try to grab onto water. You're not going to be successful doing it, but also you don't, the, the, the energy of like trying to grab it is also taking you away from the gift that it is to just feel Mm -hmm. the flow of the water. And so what an incredible sensory experience that must be. I don't know if you want to share anything more about that.
1: I would like to share. And, and one of the key words that comes up for me, especially with water play and ropes in general is trust. Mm
0: -hmm. And it
1: is like a delicate journey and it takes like, really feeling the bond with the other person and taking it step by step by step. And with water play, especially when I tie someone up and they don't have their hands and I'm floating them through the water and at times pushing them under the water, it's like, you can see it in the eyes and i think that's actually like one of the more addictive components of the ropes for me is just the intensity of the connection with another person mm. it is so alive like it's just you, like every breath every movement every sensation it's like they're looking at my eyes to make sure i have them or like they're in their own world and taking them through a sensational journey in the water and then also the element of trust is just really special and i i really do feel a great honor for the the trust people have handed to me with their bodies and their souls just like take going into these these deep spaces um but yeah that water session was in austin actually (laughs) and it was remarkable to be like have the light reflecting and to just be floating her around and then like washing her up onto the shore and just having the waves of the river just wash her body like onto the shore as she's tied up and it was quite an emotional experience for her as well being in that space
0: Even just talking about it, I feel like my eye is welling up a bit and, like, just, I don't know, like vicariously living through that experience, just having seen it and now talking about it more. It's like, it's, it's almost leaving me into a space of like speechlessness. And I think that that's another beautiful quality of. The tying too, like the times, any time that I've been tied, it's it's kind of really just invites you so intensely into the present moment, mm-hmm. almost like nothing else because you are complete, like that's the beauty of submission in a way. And to me, submission is is not disempowering it's 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 not giving your power away but it's letting someone else hold it for a moment mm-hmm. so that you can just be in the moment and not have to do anything in it and I'm, i don't know if you have anything you want to add to that but yeah um, surrender
1: and submission are two really beautiful places to be and it's a practice like it's not just something one can learn to do it's like or just like turn over and be like, I'm surrendered. I'm submitted. It's like, no, it's like, you have to learn, you have to teach your body how to feel safe and to feel safe with Mm -hmm. another, really empower that in ourselves and honor that truth. Like to, to be able to, to be submissive and the ability to be surrendered require a lot of self-trust and self-honoring. And the rewards of that are quite profound because you can turn off the mind and you are just completely in the present and surrender is this place where there, there really isn't preference where it's like, you are like, okay, whatever happens, I am just going to relax and surrender into it. And this is part of the journey. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like picking and choosing like the best parts. It's like, I'm going to allow. And of course, if at any point it crosses someone's boundaries, you speak up. It's not about seeing how far we can push someone, but it is such a beautiful state of turning off the mind and just completely feeling it's like the ultimate feminine of just like, I am feeling everything and being moved by whatever comes through. And to me, it's been a massive lesson into just how to navigate this world, you know, empowering the feminine, empowering the masculine within myself, empowering that moment of surrender and that moment of taking charge is like, you can move through life with a lot more ease.
0: <laughs> yeah. And self-awareness. So, so big. And and before we started recording, you were speaking into like, one of the things that you love most about this work is that it's not just about like the tying and the untying and all of that. It's about the information that can come through, yeah. you know, especially in regards to your masculine and feminine. And and we, we started to kind of touch on that, but I'd love to hear a little bit more from your own words.
1: Yeah. A lot of people, because like, I I teach in, in workshop spaces and group spaces, which I love holding that space and people want to know how to tie. And I'm like, yes, this is a part of it, but it's not the main component. You can learn the best ties from the best masters and people won't have a profound experience because it's about a level of presence and listening and connecting to the other. Um, and so the information that comes through to me, is when both parties are really listening. So when the top, mm-hmm. the person tying, and the bottom, the person receiving the rope, um, are really listening to one another and co-creating together. Where yeah. if the person who's receiving the rope is really dropping into their body and allowing themselves to breathe and express and emote, however, then the top is inspired by how that person is receiving the rope, and it creates this really beautiful dance that that happens between the two. And so, what I really enjoy is in the, the classes, like allowing a switch to happen where it's like, so say it's more of a hetero dynamic, male, female, it's like, okay, the dude's going to tie the girl, but also we switch roles. And usually that's so, so, so powerful. And what, what I've observed in some of these spaces because of how I guide the the class is like teaching technical skills and safety. So you know how to do that, but also teaching how to create mood and play with emotion with mm-hmm. someone else and giving ideas because like the truth is we're all just like <laughs> learning how to connect with one another in an intimate or non-intimate way and we're just making it up and so giving given some ideas of how to potentially touch someone and move someone and create different sensations it really starts to kick around in their brains and creating these really beautiful experiences with one another and what i've observed in some of these like uh, classroom settings is so profound and a lot of the things people experience is just feeling safe and also Held for like the first time, and a lot of men who switch roles and receive the rope, there's a lot of tears that happen actually because it's mm-hmm. they and they say they're like, Wow, this is the first time I felt held, it's the first time I felt nurtured and cared for in like forever. And the ability just to sink into that sensation and feel held by the ropes and their partner and the way that the partner is moving them, it really um, activates them and it's really sweet and also sad. But like it's like a where I see there there could be more healing and expansion there. And the same reversed when especially when two people who don't know each other come together and they I, I create like a really powerful boundaries and consent acronym that allows them to really break down how they want to experience their partner and where the the edges are and what they do want to experience. And then they go into it. And a lot of people are like, wow, like we had this profound experience together and there was nothing sexual. And yet I feel so high and orgasmic. And this person I feel really connected to, and yet we didn't have anything sexual. And to me, that's really special. And I love sex and I love sexuality. And I also want a way to connect with anyone and everyone. And that will be different levels of intimacy. So I like creating that opportunity for people to connect because it shows you that anyone, you can connect with anyone in some sort of capacity.
0: Yeah. And
1: really lend to that.
0: I love that. I love this idea of just like having an experience become a work of art, like making a masterpiece of the present moment. And it's less about how technical the ties are and more about like, what energy and emotion like that's what art is art isn't just like you know like painting very particular strokes and making it look like a real thing like some of the most moving art is like you know abstract and and doesn't really make sense or really accurately super you know intellectually mimic the the real world and um I think that that's something that I'd like to speak into more. I think that so many people see Shabari as like that, like there's this huge learning curve, and there's definitely like you should definitely you know work with a professional and understand you know the safety and the consent conversations, and you know have the materials nearby to 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 cut um, a, a tie that isn't feeling uh, supportive or could even be dangerous, and like it's also approachable and and it, and you don't need too many technical ties to give someone a really artful experience. I'm not a professional shibari artist, but I've been to several workshops and been tied many times. And every once in a while in my Tantra section, sessions, I'll bring in a little bit of rope for a particular experience specifically with inviting individuals into the safety of surrender. And it's like insane what can come through. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but I think just yeah, like think- the...
1: The uniqueness I think that the ropes provide is this very almost loud (laughs) experience with control and surrender. It's like immediate. It's like, oh my God, I'm tied up. I'm losing control. And Mm -hmm. all of us have a relationship with control. Maybe in moments when we were younger and we didn't have control and something happened to us that we didn't want. Or someone having control over us or fear of our own powers. So it can be a very activating thing. And it's it's quite instantaneous. <laughs> so like you said, whenever you play with that in that tantric field, like it really can bring up that power dynamic and activate parts of us that are desires and fears, um, which I, I love that information coming through.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it can be so simple. Like, it's not like I'm doing like super advanced ties. And, and a lot of it is like, I do like one tie that's like an anchor point and then they have a blindfold on and more just like wrapping the rope around them in different ways and seeing what comes through. So just kind of putting out there, like definitely people should should check out workshops and uh, get, get some basics down, but um, it's... It, yeah.
1: I can elaborate on that a little bit, what you're saying here, which is Exactly true. And like, yeah, having technical skills is important. And also the ropes are very dangerous. So it's important to be aware of of how to safely play to prolong your play because inherently they are pretty risky. Um, But it's true when when you're able to drop in with your partner, it's like you start having a conversation with the whole body. And that's what's so beautiful about the ropes is I really see the ropes as like an aspect of myself and like a like an extension of me. So when I tie someone up in a certain way, they feel the ropes on their body as if it's my touch. So positioning their bodies mm. in certain positions and then touching their body whenever they're in those positions. So say I tie someone in a more challenging position and I can hear and sense their struggle with the position. And then I come over and gently hold their head. My hand holding their head feels like orgasmic bliss because it's in such a contrast to what's happening in their body. And then, the, you know, untying and then like that release of feeling um the ropes off of the body and then retying and pretty much like if if done with attention and playfulness and all of these things the person drops out of their mind and they're just completely in the body in a mix of just like discomfort and comfort and nurturing and like edginess and this little (laughs) ping pong around to all these different emotional groups really creates i call it like a I just imagine that there's like a bartender in the brain and it's like, ooh, oxytocin and ooh, some serotonin and like all these things. And it's just like making a little cocktail for you and just like putting it into the body. And so like both of you end up feeling kind of high and pretty altered from that meditative experience of just playing with sensation, body, movement, touch, breath, discomfort, comfort, safety, trust. Yeah.
0: So beautiful they say you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with and this is something that i really really resonate with and as i've invested in living a tantric lifestyle my relationships have evolved and become so much more juicy and liberating and i believe that this is something that everyone deserves However, finding these people can be a little bit challenging at first. And so it is my mission to create more spaces for people to find individuals that are resonant with the tantric lifestyle that are really resonant with you, the listener, the person who is investing their time into living a life that is expansive and liberating. So with that, I am committed to creating more and more safe spaces for people to discover their desires and practice their boundaries, to connect in community, to celebrate and to grow together so that we can all step into a more authentic version of ourselves and experience truly unconditional love. So we have Tantra retreats, retreats for men, women, couples, singles. We also have female-only retreats just for the ladies stepping into their divine feminine. We have play parties. We have tantra workshops, tantra yoga, women's circles. We've got all kinds of really powerful in-person events. You can find all the details at www.talktantra2me.com. Backslash events. You can also just go to talktantra2me.com and click the events tab to find out about all the latest and the greatest. And if you're wanting me all to yourself, I can't blame you. I also host private retreats for both individuals and couples. Those are one on one. You get me all to yourself. And I'm available for private Tantra workshops and performances. And this is great for events like your birthday or maybe a bachelorette party or bachelor weekend. we can talk and create something that will be extra special just for you. So I cannot wait to connect with you in real life. But for now, thanks so much for your patience with this brief interruption. And let's get back to the episode. So your Instagram name and a lot of your like branding is around this concept of becoming unraveled, which obviously when you're doing shibari you're you're tying and then you're untying and untying is another word for unraveling but this becoming unraveled to me clearly obviously has this double entendre it has many meanings and i'd love to hear more in your own words what becoming unraveled means to you
1: yeah it makes me, it brings me back to the beginning of my journey which like i kind of mentioned in the beginning right when i was starting playing with ropes i was in a place in life where i kind of out of nowhere had an experience where all of a sudden I was repulsed and scared of all men. And it was a journey that kind of came on and I just had to accept it fully because there was no other option. It was like, this is here. And as much as I try to push it away, it's alive. And so I decided to just lean into it and which allowed me to explore the other aspects of my sexuality I'd been repressing, which was attraction to women. And so when I went into the ropes and being tied by men, it really provoked my deepest fears. And I started to just see so clearly like, When I just sit down and think about things, it can be kind of muddy. But when the power dynamic shows up in the ropes, where I'm getting tied, and then all of a sudden, like the communication failures and the trauma responses, and all of Mm. this sort of just come up immediately, and I could see where I struggled to vocalize my wants, and I struggled to say my no, and um, just like learned patterns that I had developed through life, it just it really was this unraveling of of my being, of my person, and then also like with this unraveling, there was like this exposure of a truth, this exposure of the essence of me that has been drowned out by society, by trauma, by all these things. And so the unraveling really is just the emotion and uh, healing that was coming to me and to others who I tied through the ropes. And that's something that I experienced time and time again with people that I bring into one-on-one sessions. It's like, unexpectedly, all of a sudden they're like, (laughs) They're like five years old, like in the hospital and this memory's coming back or they're in their childhood bedroom and their mom's yelling at them or whatever it is. And it comes up so alive in the moment and being able to put a loving presence in place of what was traumatic, it helps them move that file to a different place in their body and their being. And that's the unraveling to me. It's like by being tied, they're unraveling parts of themselves that have been so tightly bound and protected and have also been impacting them so highly their entire life. And they maybe didn't even know it was there or they did, but they kind of forgot about it. So lots of unraveling is happening emotionally, like falling apart into pieces, but coming out smiling and feeling really transformed and empowered.
0: Yeah. um, (laughs) Sorry, I just got something stuck in my throat. It's it's interesting that this act of like, like surrendering control or like being all tied up can actually be the path to liberation in so many ways. it's it's so fascinating, you know. It, it really, my experience of shabari really has been an experience of of deep inner work, of of shadow work. It's almost like, you know, doing a a session of shabari is kind of like doing a plant medicine journey, in totally. my opinion. Yeah. Um, and and I know that it's common for people to also have, you know, altered states of consciousness, like uh, feeling that high. I'd love if you could speak into like why that is and where that comes from and anything like that.
1: Yeah, I mean the the things that I'm discovering through is like many different things coming together First is that I do believe, and it has been like proven through like Peter Levine's work that like trauma is stored in the body.
0: Our experiences Mm -hmm. are
1: stored in the body and the ropes creating pressure points in different parts of the body and also restricting blood flow in certain parts of the body, depending on the pose, um, is gaining access to those parts and pieces and bringing up that, that memory into the body. And then also, um, like I was mentioning before, you know, the sensation of being held when someone is, you know, has their hands over their chest and they're tied up many, many, many people feel like it's a really beautiful hug and they actually allow themselves to soften and be held by the ropes. And so just like lots of oxytocin, like the body understands it the same, like you're being hugged and this feels good. Now, if the setting was a little bit more risky, and you had that same tie on, but yet maybe there was something scary, then you wouldn't have that same sort of experience because adrenaline would be going through your body and it would be telling you a different message. So really how the experience is going is dictating like what can come through. And the main component for us, and we know this, for healing is a sense of safety. And whenever we feel safe, we really do allow ourselves to open and to experience new things and to feel new things and to surrender into different things. Um, and like you said, the plant medicine journey component, many people have mentioned that. And it's like the real-time experience of like being tied. And then also like because the body is being interacted with and the mind is off, then it's like the, um, sorry, I just like lost my place. Um then it's just like you're going into these other memories of that sensation and other memories of being held or not held. Like sometimes a a being held sensation can remind you the lack of care that you had most of your life and the little bit of care that you received from your parents and like that like root desire you have to connect to that with someone or yourself. Um, So it's actually something that I feel like is so multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Um and also there is this like in the womb sort of experience where it can really remind people of being in the womb and like that pressure. Yeah. And there's like research around like you know, weighted blankets and all these things that help with anxiety and like feeling the pressure of the ropes in the body and feeling your own breath like up against it and like you your own body taking up space. Um yeah, it's just I think a lot of it doesn't happen in the mind. It's just like you ha- it's truly just a conversation with the body.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost inexplicable, but I've definitely had that womb-like feeling. The first time I was suspended, I was like tied almost into a ball and then was lifted like almost into like a cradle position and was being like rocked. And yeah, it, it very much had this sensation of being in the womb and like it felt very ancestral to me as well. I had this like weird thing of like how have ropes been used in my ancestry for you know and it was just it it just felt very very interesting um and beautiful at once And, and at that time in my life I was also doing like quite a lot of womb healing like a couple weeks after that I found out I had a um a like a assist the size of a tennis ball on one of my ovaries and it was just like whoa like all of this womb stuff is coming up right now and it was an, a big initiation and and Shabari definitely was an ally to that that piece of healing as well like where was I like trying to swim against the current and could actually mm-hmm. surrender more and I think that's just such a, a beautiful lesson in in this work and in this world and so we we're speaking a lot about safety. And I'm curious if you could share how people can enter the world of Shabari safely, what to look out for, what's important, what does safety mean, how to create it, things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the main one of the main questions is intention. A lot of people have different intentions for the rope, as do I and tuning into like what the intention is. Is it an artistic intention or a sensual or erotic or sexual or playful or circus? And like, if I'm a bottom going out, looking for someone to tie with, what is my intention? What am I desiring to connect to and seeking someone else who is also on that same path? Um, And then really like the most important thing is really knowing yourself and your boundaries. And Mm -hmm. what you are willing to experience and what you're not. And I think sometimes what ends up happening in these dynamics is like, oh, they're more experienced. They know better than me. So I show up there and I just do what they say. Or I just allow them to drive this scene or this thing because they're the professional. And that's the part where I think a lot of people get into some trouble is like not knowing the intention, not talking about like, hey, like, what are your desires in the ropes? How what's your style of ropes? What is how do you play? And also asking about their training and how much they have experienced. Um, so intention talking about the boundaries and knowing yourself, if you feel comfortable asserting yourself, like if you're someone who struggles to vocalize your boundaries and to check in and say like, actually, like, I don't want that. And to assert yourself, if you struggle to do that, I would even be more cautious about what kind of space you go into with someone and making sure that you take it baby steps with that person to see if they're a good fit. And there's nothing wrong with baby steps like just starting and doing something simple to see how you feel. Do you like their presence? Do you like how they touch you? Do you like how they interact with you? Do they respect your boundaries? Are they listening to you? Are they checking in with you? How is the aftercare? Are they considerate? Uh, there's a lot of questions. So knowing the kind of experience you want to have, running that by them, seeing if they're open to it, doing talking about boundaries and what they are, talking about desires, Um, Having a plan for if things don't go so right, like how you want to step out of that and how you need to be cared for mm. for both of you, um, what the plan is, um, and then also their experience level and taking it slow. I meet a lot of people who are really excited to be suspended and they'd never experienced rope before. You know, I mean, finding me and that's okay. Like, I, I can work them through that. But some people, like, you don't know, like – You get excited and then you'll just do anything just to have that experience. And you might very well have an experience you don't enjoy, which I've heard many times um, from women who want to be experienced being tied and they meet someone. And then it ends up being like, yeah, I got tied up. And they had a really sexual idea of how things were going. And I wasn't ready for that. And it's like, oh, fuck. Like (laughs) you just found yourself in a tricky
0: situation.
1: So for me, like when I, there was a situation that I was in where I really wanted to be tied by someone. This was in the beginning of my rope journey. And I was such a sensitive being at that point that I knew that I had to articulate my boundaries. We had a two hour boundaries talk before we got into the ropes, before we felt like we were on the same page and we understood like how it was going to go down. And it was powerful. And what ends up happening when you really are able to articulate all of those things explicitly, like not just like vaguely touching on points, like being very explicit about what you are or are not interested in. Um, To the type of touch you do or don't want to experience, what parts of their body you're okay touching, how you feel about clothes on, clothes off, clothes moved, clothes falling off, like whatever. Um, Yeah, and then when those boundaries are honored, it fosters trust. And then it allows us to, if we decide, to adjust our boundaries here and there. So my recommendation for beginners is take it slow, figure out for yourself how to keep yourself safe to trust yourself, to know how to vocalize if things aren't going the way you want. Um, yeah. Do a background check on the person, like get some references, like have they tied your friends? Is the, Do other people know them? Like what's the story? Um, yeah. Those are, those are some tips.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. The first time I was ever tied, I had my friend come with me and she just like sat in the mm-hmm. room nearby and that was super supportive and also i think that um i also had him like not do anything like i think that it was like i always had at least one limb free and like most of the ties were just like getting comfortable with the rope like doing like a harness and stuff like that where it wasn't like i was super restricted and that felt really good as like a starting place for me i was definitely um Very careful moving into it. Because what we don't want is like you go in full force and then something happens that is like somewhat traumatizing, whether it be because you just didn't know what you were getting yourself into or because the practitioner or the person you were, you were the like you know, your top or whatever, uh, just was out of an, uh, out of integrity. It could be any number of things, but then it's like, then you're like, oh, I don't want to go near that ever again. It's like, what a, right. what a bummer, you know? So, um, I really love that. And I think that like just working with a professional first is always an amazing idea, um, and I know that's something that you do. And even if like you have a partner that wants to be a top and you want to be the bottom or the other way around, um, you work with couples as well and like in, in the workshop environment. So there's so many different ways to to get involved with this work. And I'd love for you to speak more into that. Like, what do you have for people?
1: Yeah, I have several different ways I work with people. One is what I just expressed was like the one-on-one sort of sessions where people come in with whatever their intentions and desires are. Um, and maybe it's something artistic. Maybe they're like, have this vision of this tree and this outfit and this thing. And we go into that creative sort of artistic mindset, or some people have some, some fears and traumas that they want to work on and maybe practice using their voice or just learning how to feel or express their boundaries or know what their boundaries are. And in those kind of spaces, we create a plan and we go into it. And I kind of play with different sensations to provoke and to see where their edges are. And then they can articulate like what's happening and, and where they're going and all of that. So it becomes quite an empowering in the moment sort of exploration. Um, and so one-on-one sessions. And then also I work with couples and the couples dynamic can be teaching rope skills and how to play with your partner. But then also there's this, this um, place where we it merges with a session so the session merges with the class and so it ends up being this co-creation of like i'm teaching them how to tie kind of non-verbally and we're both playing with one of the partners and tying and untying and and playing with sensation and mood and really just like kind of emphasizing the sensual or sensational or kink components of play and introducing new ideas for how to emphasize their sexual dynamic or erotic dynamic and allowing them to play together, but with the assistance of a professional so that they can enjoy both learning and feeling something new together um, mm-hmm. and really opening their eyes to the potential for experiencing. And,
0: and in those ones, is is there like also some level of like sensuality or sexuality or like any like, like bringing more like what? Yeah, just curious if that sure. fits in as well with your work.
1: So for me, nothing is like. This is choice A, this is choice B, this is choice C. Like, it's all I'm a human and I decide if I how far I do or don't want to go in a certain dynamic. And so, like, tuning into their desires, I see what's in alignment with me and what I feel comfortable with in that moment for that session. And depending on like where they are in their journey and how comfortable I feel, if they're able to uphold each other's boundaries is really important and the boundaries of the space. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that we can build over time as well. But yeah, what I, what I feel comfortable with at this point is, um, a certain level of sexuality is always allowed in the space. And then we just decide how far it goes. So I don't know how explicit to be. <laughs>
0: yeah. That makes, that makes so much sense. In this I, moment. I, just, like, I want, obviously we've been talking so much about like the healing and like the ancestor and like all those things. And it's like, and it's like in my experience of Shibari is that it, it depends on the practitioner and it's also like very often there's just like you don't really know what you're it's like you also have to surrender to what the session's going to become because you could come to a session with the intention of it being, you know, really kinky or erotic yeah. and then like instead it's like a fucking ego death, you know.
1: Totally. Um, it's like you don't ever know. Well. But yeah, it, what I enjoy about that is is like kind of the trade in between both of them giving and receiving and then just emphasizing the experience so while maybe I'm tying one of the partners the other partner is like pleasing them in some way or giving pleasure in some way and then switching the roles and it's just like ends up being like a very organic body experience but also yeah maybe things come up where it's like they they vocalize like, oh, actually, like I really struggled with this type of touch from you for a really long time. And it's like, then we figure out like how to move cer- through certain things or different emotions come up or who knows, like you just kind of have to show up for what is someone gets triggered. And then like, they start having a challenge and you're like, all right, so this is what we're here for. <laughs>
0: yeah, like very similar to Tantra. It's like, if we're too focused on the goal, then we're probably going to miss out on the magic that is available that may not be the goal that you have in mind but could be even better in a way um right. so anyways um i th- anything else that you wanted to speak into on like ways to work with you or uh,
1: yeah and then also i offer workshops so the workshops will be on varying themes of technicality or elemental connection like really Practicing like the the variety of touch that you can bring into a session and also deep conversational skills for opening the space. I open uh, offer women's only classes to play with polarity and empowerment and just a bunch of other odd creations that I come up with with connection and play with the ropes because I really just think it's pretty endless and photo shoots, I also will collaborate with photographers and do collaborative art projects and with different themes and boudoir is one of them um, with several photographers I've worked with and that really just allows people to to drop into what they want to experience in their sensual body and to try something new and to be behind a camera and see themselves in whatever light that they feel either nervous about or excited about um so pretty much anything and everything I'm doing with the ropes right now there's performance there's workshops one-on-one sessions couples sessions healing stuff
0: we yeah. and you're in Yosemite now, but you're not always in Yosemite. Where, like, where can people work with you in the world?
1: I am traveling quite a bit. So, some hubs that I have are Utah around Salt Lake City, Boulder, Colorado, Asheville, North Carolina. I'm tapping into the Austin scene currently, and yeah, also internationally. So, like, Berlin and Thailand would also be it. So, following me online and kind of tracking where I'm heading to is probably the best way. And then it's likely that I'll pass through one of the major hubs near you. <laughs>
0: Sweet. I love it. Well, thank you again, Katie Bird, for joining me today. And I also want to express my gratitude to the listener. Thank you once more for opening yourself up to the idea of becoming unraveled. Have a sexy and spiritual day and I'll catch you next week on Talk Tantra To Me. Ta-ta. Yes.
1: Thanks so much.